1: Search for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing
2: you know how fast you're going
0: industry news trends the people involved
2: i'm ricky carmichael this is kevin
1: Schwantz. this is josh teameth this is kelly smith
3: this is travis Latoya. this is jeremy mcgrath and now
0: fit pass radio Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper with you. Glad you're uh, joining us on the show. It is a, uh, well, it's a weekend to remember as we look back over the weekend. And here to talk about it, are our own P.J. Duran in studio. P.J., it was a flat track kind of weekend.
2: Absolutely was. I've heard uh, and witnessed Springfield was going on. Complete domination by one Jared Meese. Tony, you were there to witness it, weren't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. We... Uh, we left Davenport on Friday. Uh, well, we had the, the race in Davenport on Friday, and we left Saturday morning, headed over there. And uh, we had good sailing all the way over on our bikes and, and pulled in to see Jared Mees once again uh, put on a clinic. And uh, he – unfortunately, they got rained out on, on Sunday. So I know that that killed their crowd, which is a huge bummer for AFT and uh, the folks in Springfield. But, man, he put on another clinic on Monday – and uh you know what man i'll tell you what me we were watching and i go what's he doing he got clear out of the groove and it was it it just uh and then you you read in a press release or, or an interview or something that he did that he said he was he let him by basically
2: absolutely what he said about race one and glad to hear confirmation from <laughs> from anyone who was in attendance it, that it that's totally exactly looked like he just let like. him go
1: by and i'm like at first i thought oh, he screwed it up and then i and then I said, "Watch! Watch! He's going to just slingshot right past him." And Jesse, you were there; you saw it. And 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 uh, my friend Matt Keller and, and his wife were there. And and uh, man, I will tell you what, it was it was a good show by Mies. By what now? Jared Mies. The the show in Springfield. Yeah. But let's
0: back up even one more. more day, if we can, to Friday. It was uh, a surprise, I think, to Chris Chris Carr to be awarded the. Uh, uh the horizon award if you will the impact player of the year whatever you want to call it
1: well we call it the john parham lifetime achievement award (laughs) because you're using
0: words and and i'm using that's what the award's
1: called so we're going to call it up
0: uh, noticeably and he and i had a chance to talk about it Uh, let's go to the audio Okay, we don't have any audio <laughs> of that.
2: So, but John, the I,
1: up?
0: John and I, uh, excuse me, uh, Chris and I had a chance to talk a little bit about getting that award from somebody not only that he admired the most in John Parham, but also from you.
1: You know, uh, it was it was uh, you know, and I and I explained this about the award in the to the crowd when I was when I had the when you were nice enough to share the microphone with me. I know no, um, it was difficult to when I took this event over. John Parham had not been a part of it. He had a fallen out with the previous promoter. Yeah. And uh, the previous promoter bought it off of John. And whatever, it's ancient history. I don't know. I don't even know the, the, the whole story. But they had a fallen out, and I was really excited to work with John and bring him back in. And as you know, he was sick leading up to that and had had disease, a, yeah. a lung transplant, I think. And mm-hmm. um, and he passed while i was during that transition of me taking over that event so he was um, fully
0: in your corner though by the way
1: yeah he was it was it was actually he was pretty excited to see somebody new take it over and and uh we had had him on the show i i'd met him at the uh at a couple trade shows um so it was um he let
0: me stay at his place in sturgis oh that's cool about uh, me and tony tony had to i sleep bet he regretted the, that know, tony uh tice had to sleep at the foot of the bed but
1: uh,
4: <laughs> like a I, dog
0: like a little puppy he just curled up on the rug and, and i covered him with an old blanket <laughs> you're so weird
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but you could see that happen uh, it's funny um yeah so we uh uh I'm just. Anyway, I'm we, we, I'm just, we gave the sure award with and, you. and we, we came up with the award and you and I did actually. If you remember, uh. I don't know why you can't remember the name of it because you you helped me come up with it. So, uh, and Jill, we get represented to Jill the first year. Yeah, she cried as well. And then uh, we gave it to the boys over Maggie Valley. To have the the uh,
0: Mark Madurski was there. Ma- from, yep, Mark's there the from the
1: museum in Anamosa, and and uh, he's actually from Ohio, but he works on, for the museum. He's but, a former rich uh, himself. Yeah, for sure, and he's actually really well-versed in vintage racing. He knows – when Chris Carr was – he and I were cruising around on, on the side-by-side during the, the swap meet before the, – the day before the race, and he and Mark knew each other very well, and, sure. and, and uh, it was – they – you could i didn't know that about mark he knew he knows a lot about racing and I, I picked that up real quick when he and chris were talking so more than
0: jesse does actually jesse is, doesn't talk a lot actually yeah, he doesn't no, uh, jesse guest, we're talking about uh, in the studios a very special guest jesse Guest, jesse how are you
1: i'm doing well today
0: have you got your microphone on
1: yeah, it's on It's hard for me to tell because our
0: headphones still don't work. But uh, also in the studios, uh, uh, P.J. Duran. P.J., I know you weren't able to make the event, but uh, I will share with you that I'm super, super proud of Tony and his staff because what I saw was an organized event after four years.
1: Three this is my it's my fourth year being at the event it's my third year actually
0: running and I I count that organizational year but believe me this was the best uh, organized event that you put on there and the crowd noticed the pit people the racers noticed the Boltaco people especially
1: yeah Um, the Boltaco Invitational the Astros the Astro Invitational was really cool and all
0: of them that actually ran and (laughs) the ones that did run were very fast
1: yeah yeah David Durrell, I tell you, put on a clinic, and and it was all Chris Carr could, could do just to keep up. And it was it was actually a good race, and and I could see you know, and, and they would run it in on each other, and there was there was a lot of a lot of racecraft going on. It was cool.
0: Why can't we make? Th- why can't we ask uh, uh, American Flat Track to make this part of the let's say tier two of their race season, where they require their racers to race at this event? Why can't we do that?
1: Well, they schedule on top of me in uh, Springfield now. Which yeah, but they that's like which on a Saturday. They were on a Friday. Very no, unfortunate. They scheduled on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Okay. So yeah, they. So what uh, you're
0: saying is probably not.
1: I mean, it's only a 31 year old event. I don't know, and it's three hours away. <laughs> I don't know why. you'd...
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Do up
1: on the show, Tony. Let's talk about the guests from the uh, bottom up. Okay, from the bottom up, we're going to talk to Nick McFadden, who uh, we've had on before. He's he's a very fast. Moto America Super Sports Series racer, and uh, he's on a new team this year, Ridiculous Racing. So he's, he's uh, I think he's uh, eighth place right now in the series. And then we're going to talk to Jake Lewis, who is a buddy of ours, and he races the Moto America Superbike Championship. Um, and then we're going to have uh, Ashton Yates, who is... Another road racer, so you're starting to develop a trend here. Uh, we've got road racers, and then in uh, and we're going to have Jason Griffin. Jason is the only um, licensed pro flat track racer that has one arm. Not two, but one. And that it's, ha- and it's sure. his that right arm what? that's missing. He has what? He's missing an arm. It's For the right real? One. It's very noticeable when you talk to him.
0: If, well, Because he's missing. That's the one that you want to shake, <laughs> he's right? He's
1: a super cool guy, actually. What about Michael Locke? Michael Locke, yeah. He's the man behind AFT and I can't wait to be able to hear him so we can Well let's talk do
0: that him. right now. Let's go to Michael Locke, our very first guest on the show, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, Scott Casper, Tony Wink in studio, along with PJ Duran, our very special in studio guest, Jesse Guest. We go to Michael Locke right now. Michael, how are you? Now this is gonna be problematic, Jack, if we can't hear our guests still problematic okay tell you what let's do jack can we go to commercial break we'll come back with our guest michael Locke. let's do that right now you're listening to pit pass and by the way if you missed any part of the race over the weekend we apologize we want you there in person there's a reason for that first of all great great uh guests great lineup of racers good racing and an out outstanding race even the flat track guys you know we had a, a great bevy of flat track racers as well uh we want you to see what we have to offer and uh, as much as it is tony's promotion i'll take some personal ownership there because i'm very proud of what my friend has done so tell you what we'll take a break come back on the other side of it hopefully we'll have michael Locke and our headphones back stay tuned this is pit pass motor racing weekly hi i'm
1: uh, david turnerman the world famous gun rider and you're listening to pit pass motor racing Weekly.
0: Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM 340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to PitPass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new PitPass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, PitPass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new PitPass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station,
5: 1460 KXNO.
1: Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
5: If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight pattern. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance, enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports & Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha. The first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous.
1: Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946.
3: This is Geraldo
1: Ferracci, and uh, we're on uh, Pit Radio. And
3: well, thank, thank you, you very the- much,
0: uh, Feraldo Ferracci. Heraldo Ferracci, either way you look at it, that's my Ferracci. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, Tony Wank, uh, PJ Duran in studio. Eddie Camp in our uh, our home based offices and studios in Advanced, North Carolina. In studio also, we have a very special guest, and Jesse guest. Jesse, how are you? I'm doing well today. You're part of the uh, United States Air Force, right?
6: Uh, yeah, that's correct.
0: And uh, are you on are you on 24-hour standby with the hurricane and the hurricane recovery uh, efforts? Yeah, they asked for uh, availability for people to go down and uh, potentially evacuate people out um, just due to the conditions. But Florida's out of the picture now. I mean, it's, it's standard off the coast of Orlando, and obviously if you're listening to this in the past tense, it's okay. But it's off the coast of Florida, so... <laughs> What about the chances of the U.S. military being called in to assist those that are in desperate need in the Bahamas? Uh, It's pretty likely. I mean, uh, we'll kind of support wherever. I mean, we've
6: gone to other countries before just to help out after disasters, Um, so it makes it kind of nice.
0: Well, our thoughts and prayers are with those folks in in, uh, the Bahamas. They didn't just get hit hard. They got hit hard forever, and uh, five deaths that we know of so far. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing some positive news out of the Bahamas. And uh, anyway, uh, if you missed any part of our number one uh, earlier anyway, Nick McFadden, Jake Lewis do up in hour number two. Ashton Yates, Jason Griffin also guesting in hour number one. But we start the program with Michael Locke. Michael, how are you?
7: I'm very well. How are you doing, guys?
0: Well, we're good, but what do we got to do to uh, to to get uh, you to work with Tony on this event so we don't have <laughs> second uh, secondary uh, dates so we get more people out to both of us. Let's just get
4: right
1: to it,
0: Michael. Let's get
7: there, right there. We're uh, we're working on a Springfield solution for the long term. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> what, what direction
1: are you going to go with that event? You think?
7: Well, you know, it's interesting. We had. Um we had a rain affected program in uh, in may right um and that caused us to um, double up for labor day weekend uh, and and run a double header on uh, on the mile and then we got a rain affected program this weekend as well and and have ended up running um over a, a very long weekend and it stretches the resources of everybody and Um, You know, weather's been a real issue this year. Um, After three relatively easy years, I think we we got payback this year. So we're looking at options for um, Springfield for the long term and discussing with Dave and and Tom Rokiso, who are the promoters there, on what we might do to, um, you know, to protect and preserve what is probably the most famous AFT race on the calendar. Um, And it's possible that we will uh, enshrine um doing a double header in uh, on the Labor Day weekend um, from here on as possible is one of the options we're looking at.
1: Yeah, that's and what Scott's referring to is I uh, took over an event that's 31 years old, that's three hours from Springfield and the, and the tradition has been Davenport Friday night head over to uh, Springfield on Saturday. And now we've got vintage racing, and that's what we do in Davenport. It's a half vintage half mile, and we had George Roder and, and uh, David Durrell, Chris Carr, a bunch of bunch of old geezers racing it, and the crowd <laughs> loves it. And uh, the bummer is, is it's it's in conjunction with a swap meet, and I know AFT doesn't care, but I do, well, and I know the fans do. That,
0: that may be strong. That may be a strong side. Oh, think they, they do. probably do care. Well, let
1: him let him re- respond. But I I don't think. Um, you know it's 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 in conjunction with a big swap meet so that the, changing my date isn't really an option for me um and it's it's 31 years old and i realize it's it's different racing but the fans are the same guys you know what i mean and without the fans that event will die well
0: what do we, what do we have to do to be more um uh you know fr- I, I think friendly I, I why can't we put it under the umbrella and have it like a licensed
1: event I don't think we need a well, license. I think I, think I just problem, need no competition. Your
7: problem is the, uh, your, your pro- well, we're not competition. Um, uh, your, I think your problem is that um, uh, Steve Nace runs the All-Star program on the Friday. Um, we, run, uh, we run, obviously, over the weekend on the miles. Steve runs on the short track or the TT on the Friday night. Um, and uh, we've been a guest class with our singles there for the last couple of years. Um but it's not our event; it's Steve Nathan's event, and we run we run the mile, obviously, over the weekend. And what we might be doing in the future is running um, just once a year, which is Labor Day weekend, rather than twice a year, uh, and running the Saturday and, and, and Sunday events. Um, so that that's one of the options we're looking at.
0: Uh, Michael Locke, our guest, and uh, American Flat Track AFT, if you're uh, if you're just tuning in. He is the chief executive officer of AFT, made so in 2015, and the difference between 2015 and today has been remarkable. Not only have the numbers in the stands gone up, the competition level has gone up as well uh, in the pits. It's very obvious Chris Carr got out at the right time um and don't tell chris because chris cries anytime i talk to him but i think um and michael would you agree that we're seeing more support uh for flat track from the industry itself but we're also seeing better and more capable riders agree or disagree
7: i think that things are hand in glove yeah um uh you know we we said back in 2015 that we needed the support and the resources and the muscle of the OEMs to get involved in this sport if we were going to do something interesting with it for the long term. And really, only Harley-Davidson had supported the sport consistently over the last 30 years and and blessed them for doing it, but it's not enough. Um, And so now, with um, the direct or indirect factory support from Harley and Indian and Yamaha and Honda and KTM and Husqvarna... um, uh, and others to come. Uh, I think we've got something now that um, that we can really scale, and we can take to new fans. Sure, uh, and we, in fact, we can get returning fans. People, who, the number of people I spoke to at Springfield this weekend who had either never been to Springfield or hadn't been for years—oh
0: my goodness—was
7: um, remarkable. Was absolutely remarkable. So I think all these things go hand in glove. And um, you look at an athlete like uh, Jared Mays, Mm. um jared is a professional Yep. um he trains properly he eats properly he's totally focused um and and he wins um and i think that now that it's worth winning um i think that uh that's breeding an attitude throughout the uh the race paddock both in the twins class and in the singles class
0: well put um, let's go to tony yeah. tony i know that uh, we've got a lot to accomplish here but you want to go to pj instead sure uh, let's go to pj i'm sorry pj Well,
2: that's all right michael we've talked to you in the past uh, earlier in your tenure with aft um c- clearly i am sure you had goals that we did and did not discuss uh, from your perspective now that you're a couple years on what uh what goals have you left uh, perhaps unmet that because again clearly there is a great amount of momentum um in the AFT paddock and in the AFT as sport itself, uh, what goals have, that you've set are you are you feeling perhaps have been left unmet?
7: I think we've not yet realised um, fully the commercial scaling of the sport. What we've done is um, at series level, we made a tremendous number of investments—some tactical, some strategic—in uh, changing classes in. Uh, growing the series, taking it to new venues, investing in a TV show, investing in uh, streaming and social media and all sorts of new avenues to, to create the new fan base. Um, but I keep using the word investment.
0: Right.
7: What we haven't done is we haven't counted the reward on that yet. Um, and, and I think you'd find that um, uh, OEMs who got involved in the sport would say they're getting a good return on the investment. They're getting a lot of eyeballs on the sport for the amount of money they put in. And I think you would also hear some of the riders say um, they're compensated in a way now that they never have been before. Mm -hmm. So we made a start, but the promoters of the sport um, are still on fairly skinny margins. um, And the series itself, which has made the biggest um, uh, level of investment, certainly has not seen a return on it yet. Um, So goals for me, um, uh, you know, both at operational level, but also at... um, uh, at the level of running a commercial business are that we still need to scale further. Uh, and we've scaled, you know, 50-fold in five years in terms of the number of fans we have following the sport. Um, but we haven't monetized that yet. It's been important first to get the momentum uh, to grow the sport and get people excited in it. But down the road, we need to turn it into a business
1: as well. For sure. And and Michael, the, the uh, i got to tell you, overwhelmingly, the talk has been, what do you think of whether it was at Davenport or Springfield this weekend, what do you guys think of the 16-rider program? Can you explain that? And we and I didn't want to wait till the end of the segment, but we are kind of running out of time. If you can explain that, because everybody's losing their minds over this, right?
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, well, I think some people are losing their minds quite loudly, um, <laughs> which, in, which, which which sounds like everybody's losing their mind. Um, but, you know, I think perspective is the key word here. Um Back we talk about 2015. In 2015, we were presiding over a sport that was taking a long, slow walk into the night, and had been for 25 years. And to some, some people may have forgotten that time, um, or the speed with which we've instituted change may um, uh, may have made people have a a short-term memory loss. But we had a sport that uh, was not going in the right direction and was um, was falling off a cliff. so so fast forward, here we are four years later, and we have three hundred thousand pairs of eyeballs watching every single round um, of our championship, whether it be ticket sales or TV or or, or streaming. Um, we have uh, uh, half a dozen manufacturers involved in the sport and more to come. We have uh, rider talent which is, um, uh, which is which is increasing dramatically. Um, but we are ready for the next hurdle, and the next hurdle is the new contract um, that we're going to sign with our broadcast partner, NBC. Up until now, we have unbelievably scaled a sport to have good ratings numbers with tape delay. I don't know how many of you guys watch tape delayed sport. I don't know anyone who watches tape delayed sport. Um, Everybody wants to watch live sport. And so the discussions we're having with NBC are about how do we move towards a scenario where we can selectively... Run live main event,
0: but but to In be fair, to Michael, that, there's there's a lot of what NBC does that is not live. Most of it is
7: delayed, especially racing. Yeah, and it doesn't get very high ratings.
0: No, it doesn't. That's the biggest problem. My shows are always tape delayed. You yeah. know, um,
7: we we we've done we've done no TV for a long time. Now we've done tape delay TV, uh, and we've grown it dramatically. But mm-hmm. if we want to scale this sport so that the athletes get compensated. Um, uh, fairly,
0: right.
7: like they do in Supercross. Um, if we want the OEMs to stay in the sport, if we want the team owners to get a return, I mean, most of the big team owners, it's a hobby for them, and bless them right. for investing in our sport. But I don't want them to have to dip their hand further and further into their pocket. I don't want the promoters to hold their breath and hope that it doesn't rain. So if we're to secure a uh, future for the sport, and, you know, ultimately, my job is not flag to flag. My job's making sure we're all here tomorrow, right. um, and and to, in order to do that, I need to be able to work towards what a experienced broadcast partner, Thank NBC, you. who who, um, who who really now I think are becoming the default choice for sports in America, both uh, on the network and on uh, SN. Well, we've been the default
0: part of the sport for years. So <laughs> we are we, default yeah, by, we are, by nature. We're, we're talking with Michael <laughs> Lockwell, the great guys of our sport. We would look to him for great leadership. We go back to Tony Wink to kind of wrap up, Tony.
1: I uh, just, I just, uh, y- you make a good point, Michael. Some people are loudly losing their minds rather than uh, <laughs> everybody because it always seems like when people are vocal, that that seems to be the, the majority. But it, well, that's what people focus on. Sure. um the sixteen rider program the, the teams will will buy in if I'm if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. The teams buy in for whatever it costs, and I don't know. And maybe you could tell us. Maybe it's not public sure. for public, but sure, I'm just curious. Sure. How many of them have have purchased for the Super Twins for tw- uh, 2020?
7: Okay. Well, in, in the in the era of fake news, let me set you guys straight. <laughs> a little bit. Um, we we have not actually yet published the prospectus. Um, wow. We're still in the discussion stage, both with manufacturers, um, the broadcaster, and the significant teams. We outlined, a, we outlined a white paper saying what we wanted to do. We are sure. taking feedback, some of it very supportive, some of it very critical. That's the nature of the beast. And we will publish the prospectus to the teams and the OEMs probably by the end of this week or maybe just after the Williams Grove event coming up. And in that, we will outline what we see as the vision for the future. And basically, it will offer three tiers for the Super Twins class. Teams that want to sign up for everything, all the partnership, all the uh, commercial support that we can offer. Mm -hmm. um, So they can go sell it. Absolutely, because they need to do it. That's smart. Um, So that will be Tier A. Tier B will be teams who want to sign up for the whole season and secure their grid spot, but want to cherry pick those commercial services. They can take as many as they like, they can take as few as they like, but the contract between them and us will be, you turn up and we'll take care of you. And then we're going to offer a third tier.
0: So tier C.
7: Maybe. Yeah, tier C, which we will call wildcard teams. Teams who want to do selected events, um, want to come along for the big miles or want to come along for some of the specialist events like the TTS? and they will not be part of the whole series, um, uh, but they can sign up in advance for wildcard slots and secure okay. those, and they will not get all of the advantages of all the marketing, but maybe they don't want it. So I, I think we'll cover everybody. I know there's a lot of noise out there.
0: I um, think there's, a hunt, I think that, that, there's that, a hunt going on, though, and I think you guys are on topic. I really do.
7: Well, this, this, is, our, this is our job. Um, yeah. We we have to do this, and and there are a lot of people who like to uh, take a sentence or a word out of context and jump up and down on it. I mean, the same people jumped up and down when we reorganized the series into singles and twins. That was never going to float, sure, now, as many of them were concerned, and, and that's ancient history. Um, and and we've in, and we've instituted a number of upgrades and improvements to modernize the sport and. You know, there is no alternative to modernizing the sport. I, I guarantee you that we can choose different methods on how we do it, but we have to do it.
0: Well, here's the um, deal: we're up again.
7: and everybody will, I think, everybody will see when we uh, when we execute what
0: we're doing. You'll see, um, you'll and, receive and in this sport, Michael. You'll, you'll receive a lot less pushback as long as uh, the phone rings on our end. Tony and I to be a part of the broadcast package because <laughs> that's what people want to hear they want to hear the weird the wacky
1: I don't want to have to go to the races you don't that's no. what you just volunteered oh. me for I want to go to the races, but I don't want to have to go to there
0: but you get a cool shirt dude you get a cool shirt you get a microphone with a flag on it oh I do
1: oh yeah I'm in
0: yeah so I mean sign me up Michael and you get a free uh, parking do we park. get parking parking and a free uh, parking. soft pretzel Shoot. yeah Michael it's always good to talk to you you have our Uh, backing and our support for whatever that means to you and the the crew but uh we love what you're doing i'm sorry about the weekend the news out there of course springfield looking to put a hard uh, top over the track so weather will not be an issue in the future Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what that uh, how that transpires but always good to talk to you my brother keep up the good work okay all right guys
7: you too nice talking to you.
0: That's one of the uh, true leaders in our sport, Michael Locke. Hey, by the way, the FIM Board of Directors met at the Federation's headquarters in Switzerland August 27th to 28th. During these two days, the board addressed many FIM topics, including what appears to be a move to drop the World Anti-Doping Agency in favor of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, which the FIM says will provide a new, simplified, and speedy procedure for anti-doping tests for the AMA Supercross and FIM World Championship. Here's my Take. You ready? The World Anti Doping Agency has long been criticized in the fight business as uh, an organization that conveniently loses results and test analysis um, uh, and things like this now why is that why do they do that where does the money come from to operate the world anti-doping agency and why does u.s you know look to be the, the, the it has
1: killed the, so many careers in supercross has. and motocross they need to beat it they need to pound they need to pound sand and get the hell out yeah kick That's rocks it. okay so look for that entire article at cycle
0: they news they suck look for they cycle totally news. Suck. Um, and they don't belong in our where sport. do we fall on the uh topic think it's also. been well I stated mean, we've,
1: we've been yeah we suck we've, uh, <laughs>
0: we continue to suck our next guest does not he is jason griffin jason thank you for uh, joining us oh. late we had some technical issues uh jack was able to rescue the show again single-handedly but uh oh, welcome back to the show man how are you
3: I like it. I heard it single-handedly. I'm like, I'm
0: all in. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even
1: thinking about that. Now I feel terrible. Oh thank, thank man, we, I know. I'm crying. I'm crying here.
3: Really,
1: I'm gonna I'm slip gonna a few guys. in on this. <laughs> Jason, it, it's uh, it was it was a pleasure. You're a weirdo like me. You are a, a fan. You're you're all about motorcycles. It's awesome. And um, I knew you, there was something weird about you from the minute I saw you, and I like you so. Uh, <laughs> I thought, so I was talking to you and I didn't know who you were, and you're like, you never heard of me. And I go, nope. You've been on the show? No, I've never been on the show. Where, I thought
3: I'd been where, where on the show. Have you, where, have you where, have you where have you been? Where have you been? Where have you been? All my life. What? Uh, I, oh, gosh, this is I retired. I think I'm the only one arm guy to ever get an AMA pro license. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, really? You give me one of those? What What?
0: What arm are you missing? To... missing? What arm are you missing? His throttle arm.
3: Um, the, the throttle arm. No, the throttle sh- side. Really? A race fan
0: how does yeah, that work I
3: understand. um it works great i guess i cut the handlebar off on the right
1: side so i got six more inches of trike
3: than everybody else <laughs> i can run it in deep you're funny <laughs> <laughs> no it's <the> truth
1: man <laughs> so you're missing an arm and i don't know big deal yeah, yeah. but uh that's all the time we have uh <laughs> and thanks for being on the show good night go to commercial please. go to commercial <laughs> <laughs> jason what'd you think of davenport be honest
3: Oh dude, it was, it was good. I went up there um Lance Jones uh two national number 23s ago before Kevin Atherton and uh world famous super J- uh Jeffrey Carver who now owns it. Um I rode with him. Uh he has helped me out in my career when uh when I was racing when I was racing pro and we just went up there and uh we did the bull taco astro thing.
0: Right right. It's, it's cool. Uh, I remember awesome. seeing you, dude. I remember seeing you. You had long hair, right?
2: yeah
3: yeah long
0: hair backpack still does he
1: probably still did you get a haircut
3: no not in 20 years that's my tire money tire money, <laughs> <laughs> I money on haircuts.
1: so you went up there the bull taco was actually the uh the astro was fun race was cool it was really fun to watch oh
3: yeah yeah those guys built some really fast stuff and we uh we 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 had a great we had a great time we didn't make everything work and put everything together what we wanted to but, uh, that was obvious we did the yeah, yeah.
0: I know. We got like, I think we finished fifth. So, what but, the uh, heck? Dude, I you saw know. you straddling more front tires, uh, waiting for guys to be able to get their bikes started at the line. And I was frustrated for you guys because I know how hard the teams are working to, to put a race together. And it's and it's it's yeah. challenging. Let's face it, tacos have never ever had a great history, but it's this team effort. And I love the color concept. I love the way the bikes look. The fans do too. And when they're running, man, it's hard to beat them.
3: Oh yeah, they, they put on a great show. We uh we went down there and helped out Lance in uh in Atlanta at the Dixie Speedway and um him uh Jackie Mitchell uh he does not Charlie Charlie um. Gosh, dang it. Roberts yeah, the class of seventy nine. Yes, thank you. Oh Charlie gosh. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been with him all weekend. Um yeah. <laughs> there, uh, some of those guys are racing and uh, we met a lot of other a lot of other guys doing that sort of thing. But Davenport was cool. I would have brought a bike if I would have known it was that big and that fast.
0: Well sadly you have to have two arms to race in Davenport, so uh
1: what rules is rules jason yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry the guy that runs that he's a real stickler is for the rules really? he's it's, in it's, rules he's yeah he
0: still allows me to come back how about yeah. that jason it's 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 good to talk to you this is I win. what's interesting is your perspective though i think on 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 the teams because we saw more than just bull tacos running what was your overall thought uh on the competition uh, in various classes what what did you think of the event
3: you know i I didn't realize the history of it, and I, and I feel I'm kind of I'm a little embarrassed, kind of ignorant of the fact that I didn't know um, how uh, how long they've been running that event. And I'm like, and I'm thrilled because you know that's it's, it's a the flat track it's a, it's a it's a dying sport. You know, you just got off of Michael Lock, off the of phone, Michael Locke, and he's uh you know flat track. What little bit of time I've been in it since uh, gosh I started racing in 06, 06 or 07 and uh it's um you know it comes in ways it's went through a lot of changes but that that race up there was cool man they had all they had to swap me all the old uh those guys that had the old group of hardies they're all like 100 years old i mean <laughs> the was, bikes
1: they, are, the, are the guys
3: yeah yeah uh, the guys are pretty rough the bikes
1: are definitely 100 years old
3: <laughs> <laughs> what's
0: interesting is to get around those guys in the old leathers because they haven't washed the leathers in years, it does smell. And there's a certain oh, yeah. that's not certain, true, actually, certain scent.
1: You know what? Those bikes are worth more than most of the bikes
0: there. Some, there were a couple of bikes over oh, a yeah. quarter of a million dollars, <laughs> literally. Oh, man, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, cash money. <laughs> Crazy.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Jason,
3: yeah. we the bike was awesome. It was the the, the the Davenport thing was uh that that was amazing. We'll, we'll be back next year. I'm uh I've retired. I turned in my play license. Oh gosh. A couple years ago, it. uh, I just felt like it was time. Those kids are a little younger than I am, and they're uh, they're 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 out for blood. There's no room for error. And I've uh, the the the, you know I was amazed that I even got a pro license. That I went as far as I did with it. So I'm gonna. We went to the X Games, and there's a. uh, uh, Chris Boone was my guy, and we went out there. So hoop there. So I'm gonna be a hooligan racer. I'm ah. going to find me an Indian, and I'm going to get an x medal because I don't have one of those. That's awesome. I need one of those. You do. Going to, we, were at, we were out at Sturgis um, right after that, and I was on the plane with uh, Cameron Brewer, who's Rowan Fans Manager. And I was like, man, I would love to ride one of those. And God bless him if he didn't text me when we landed. He said, meet me at the track at the half mile in two hours. Oh, wow. we was going to look at the Mount Rushmore. I swear to God. I was like, you know what? I said, time to get some payback. So we rode uh, we rode the half mile put it in the main beat out about thirty guys um everybody thought it was pretty cool I started on the back row uh, passed everybody and the last two guys for the transfer spot coming out of the corner looking like I knew what I was doing for a change
1: uh, that's so, cool
3: um, <laughs> and then we went to the buffalo Chipping race there um two days later and they're like, here's a triumph. try this out I was like that's cool so uh, I will too. Yeah, Rowan Sand is like a god. I mean, he, and you know, and the hooligans racing is really uh, taking off. It
1: That's is. Deal, I think, was. You know, I thought it'd kind of fizzle by now, but it's it seems like it's uh, a lot of people it's, are finding it's a hole full in it. on. Yeah, people are into it.
2: It is. And it's paying. It I yeah. mean, there's, yeah. the, if it's you're it's in the top clear. five, you can make enough to make it worth getting out there. Top sure. five, top ten.
3: Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're, I've, I've put on, we, I started at, at, at Mid Carolina Speedway in DC's in South Carolina. Um, when I was well, back in 06, 07, we raced there. That was my home track. Um, we, someone started a club and started a series. We've been putting on races. Uh, me, Wayne McJunkin, uh, my dad and a couple other guys, we started, we ran this India club for probably, I don't know, four or five years. We we're trying to grow the sport. We're putting on races, you know, just like I put on bicycle races. I mean, I raced for us Paralympics, um, done all that. And, uh, we started putting on motorcycle races, and the uh, just to keep the sport going. If we don't do it, if we don't plug some kids in, there, there 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 won't be a future. And it's it's really all about the kids.
1: You know, that's what I think about vintage racing. I, I when I'm doing the riders meeting, I look out and I talk about. It. I'm like, you guys got to get somebody involved. Put somebody on a motorcycle. Put somebody yeah. younger than you, a 40 year old. Put them on a motorcycle. I mean, I know that's old, but the average age of my of my racer is 55. That's well, we had, some,
0: Crazy,
1: we had a couple you guys know? in their 70s. Yeah, we did. I
0: mean, uh, that, was, that was totally cool as far as I'm concerned, but it doesn't draw fans.
1: Well, the, but no. the fan is old at that event, you know. Let's talk about AFT, Jason. What are your thoughts on uh, – we just had Michael Lock on, who's the CEO, as you know, of, of American Track AFT. We were talking about the 16-rider uh, program for premier class. I, I know you could catch some of that. Uh, I think you could hear it where he was talking about the different tiers and ABC tier that he's going to sell. What are your thoughts on that program? Do you think that's going to work? I know that there's a lot of naysaying um, and change is always difficult. What do you think?
3: I mean, you know, the, the, the people, we, AMA's been around for as long as I can remember and, uh, you know, it, it was the only game in town. So now AFT's got it. Um, um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's good for the sport if there's people watching TV. If there's people getting involved with it, right. it's a good thing. I don't I don't know exactly. I heard him with the A, B, and C tiers, and that's cool. You know, everybody everybody everybody's got to make a living. So it's uh but but to to run at the to run at the national level, you know, there's only there's only a handful of twins bikes out there. Right, a lot of your older engine builders from back in the seventies, like Eddie Atkins, Wee Kyle, and all those guys. A lot, you know, a lot of those guys are, are, are they're not. Uh, there, there's new sponsors coming in, and, and that's good. It's breathing really life into the sport, but uh, it's um you know it's not cheap. It's not cheap by any means.
1: No, so it's a lot mean. of money. What they're talking about, oh, and yeah. and the, the value is yeah. there if you have somebody that can go sell your program. I feel that the trouble is a lot of these programs are not well funded already, and they um it, it's a big ticket. The it's a it's a the price tag is My high point. to be to be able to put to be able to to participate in what they're talking about. So my concern is, is what if they don't sell What if they, of the 16 spots that are going to be purchased by a team or a rider for the Super Twin in 2020, what happens if they only sell half? And the, and then where are they at and what happens? And I can see that happening, especially the first year, because, as you know, as everybody knows, it's tough to bring in money. The OEMs are not going to do that. The OEMs are not going to buy Not like the old and, days yeah i mean if, no, it, it, no, like,
3: in, there's only a Harley factory team there is no other and they as far as i've been alive in my you know minimal minimum 10 years there are no factories hondas came in and they left suzuki was involved for a little while they built those thousands but, yeah uh you know it's not like motocross i mean it's uh you know it's just not the indians this year are you know they built something that's truly amazing yeah and it's uh they there's They're freaking fast right out of the box. You know, get a couple of them. But
1: everybody thinks that that Supercross is just killing it. But I can tell you, there's there's some very 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 high end teams in Supercross that are factory OEM support teams. Right. That are the the factory team that are not funded, and I don't know if they're going to be back next year. I mean, it's, it's it's I mean, to well, be I back in the industry level. and I talk to them. No, they're done, and it's yeah. Well, I'll tell you off air. It's just crazy. Let
3: them, just let them keep upping the price and just pushing everybody
1: out. Jason, we
0: appreciate you taking the-, the time to join us on the program. Uh, always, people make a joke of this. Uh, obviously, you're busier than a the proverbial uh, uh, paper hanger. Uh, but uh, you know, watching you get around that pit and and help as many people as you did, you have my admiration.
3: Cool. You ought to see me race.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to happen, but um, <laughs> maybe next year. Yeah, maybe.
3: There, uh, there, 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 there's this thing called YouTube. <laughs>
0: what
3: videos?
0: We'll have like an amputee uh, pro race. race event just at the uh, at the Davenport event. How about that? I
3: don't
1: think he needs that. I think he's ready to race with everybody. <laughs> I, I
3: think <laughs> he's Matt is insulting me.
0: <laughs> no, it says right on my script: amputee race. Um, anyway, hey, God bless you, Jason. <laughs> it was great to be able to watch you in action. I don't know how you keep that backpack on, but dude, you were everywhere and. And mo- you're motating rather well, and we appreciate your presence there. But more than anything, we appreciate you being in our sport.
3: You got it, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: J- JG Jason Griffin. Quick time out. You're listening to Pit Pass Motorways Racing Weekly. Perhaps we'll hear from Jesse Gass in our next segment we'll see uh, jesse from the united states air force getting ready to uh, undertake a trip to florida see if we can help those good folks down in the bahamas recover from the tour excuse me the hurricane activity that has taken place over the last few days stay tuned it is pit pass motor racing weekly hi this
8: is chris carr multi-year uh, flat track racer former world land speed record holder you're listening to pit pass radio
5: With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track-a-d-d-i-x.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was Meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's race wear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 Racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit FlyRacing.com. It's much more than
0: a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver High-quality, performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco.
1: America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO.
0: Passionate about riding motorcycles, off-road, and on? Well, visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous.
3: The point is good. Drink Swell vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at Find Stores That Sell Spirits. Hi, this is Steve
6: Wilson, number 15.
0: You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I tell you what that Jason is a chatter. He loves to chat, loves to talk. He's also a promoter, by the way, Tony. And I know. I, I know that he's got uh, your best interest in heart. I do want to thank um, everybody at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds. This is perhaps the best unified effort, uh, including Fred. My God, Fred was a, a champ. He's our technical engineer over there. He and his assistant, uh, uh, I thought, did a wonderful job. We sounded good, and uh, they corrected the mistakes of the past. And now that I
1: mention, now that you mentioned, it, I don't think I paid Fred. And that's that's okay. Or you, I, I that, but I a, mean, I paid him a
0: compliment. Well, he, that should be enough. <laughs> maybe you could bring some bubble gum you pay him in gum next time well sure as long as it's wrapped and there's no baseball cards welcome back to pit pass motor racing weekly part of the evergreen podcast production system this portion of our program brought to you by our good friends at um, the grimes based yeah you heard me say it the grimes base Hicklin power sports do can am yamaha beta ktm polaris all under one roof but also pj right now and over the weekend you guys had a huge sale on used product
2: yes we did we had a big one day uh, used inventory blowout sale on Saturday. A pretty well uh, attended event. We moved a lot of used inventory. The old one day air blowout, huh? Yeah, trying to clean out the warehouse for all the snowmobiles show up because unfortunately that's already Guess happening.
0: What? Guess what? They're on
2: their way. Oh I, yeah, I had a phone call. Uh, the shipping department said, "Hey, they're on their way." Ugh, so guy. anyway,
0: Hicklin like. Power Sports. Look for them online and give them the address, PJ.
2: We're at 3160 Southeast Grimes Boulevard if you want to visit the store or hicklinpowersports.com Wow, slid the address and the website in there. Tony, how about that?
1: All right. Our next guest is sitting 10th in stock 1,000 points after just two races, 7th at Sonoma, 7th at Pittsburgh. Seems to be getting along with the R1. He is the young Ashton Yates. He joins us. Hi, Ashton. How are you?
4: I'm um, great. How about you guys?
1: Good, buddy. What's going on with you?
4: Nothing, just uh, getting some training in today, getting ready for uh, New Jersey next weekend.
1: Are you excited?
4: I definitely am. Yeah, we're, uh, me and the whole crew are pretty pumped on how it's going so far this year on, I mean, these uh, last few races on the 1000 and to finish the year off. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And New Jersey's kind of been a good track to me in the past, too, so.
2: Ashton, you've uh, you've been in the Moto America pits for some times now. How, how some time now? Um, you were a perennial favorite in the at the time the KTM 390 Cup. Uh, you've done some time on a Super Sport, correct? Yes, that's right. And now you're on to the 1000s. Uh, it, I mean, do you feel like this is the bike for you, the big
4: bike? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think so because. Um... I really enjoyed the KTM and the the Junior Cup bikes. They were smaller, and I was kind of used to training on stuff like that at the time. And then when I got on the Supersport bike, like, um, I just couldn't get comfortable with it for some reason. And I was just trying to ride it more like the smaller bikes. Um, And I didn't really fit on it as well as I do the 1000 now. When I got on the 1000, um, I kind of felt like I was at home. And uh, I do a lot of training now, actually, on 450 Supermoto bikes. And it's to me, the 1000 is a lot like a 450 Supermoto bike. What? At a cart track.
1: How does that uh, happen?
4: Yeah, and I don't know. I just fit on it way better. And I'm a lot more comfortable on it. And I just, I know mean, I like the power. And uh, it it's kind of fits my riding style, too, a lot more than the super sport bike did.
1: Can you tell me how, how a 450 on a cart track Translates into an R1 on a on a, uh, a a big track like you guys race. That's that's interesting to me. Is it the sliding or what? I mean, what is it?
4: Yeah, well, I kind of I flip the bars upside down on my 450 and just I don't know, just uh, the same feeling. Like the power from the 450 kind of comes on the same as the R1 on the big track. Kind of, I mean, I can power slide the 450 like I can. R1, the R1's lines are kind of the same, or just like a point-and-shoot line on the car track with a 450, just like the R1 on uh, a big racing circuit. So, I don't know, it just seems a lot pretty similar to me. And you got to ride them both pretty hard. Both are uh, hard to ride. So,
2: so uh, Ashton, you've only had... Two, is it correct? Me if I'm wrong. You've run two races this year in this class. Is that correct? Stock one thousand.
4: Yeah, that's right. Because uh, actually, we've only run one race a weekend so far. But um, uh, that's how it's going to be this weekend in New Jersey. Also, but um, the last race of the year at Barber Motorsports Park will be a double header for the Stock one thousand.
2: Got you, but the the point I was just trying to make for our listeners is you haven't been able to compete the entire season, so this is, you might call it a learning season, uh, a little bit of a late arrival. uh, That was not due to injury, correct, or anything like that, Ashton? Oh, no. It was
4: just actually more of like an opportunity that came up. So as I was running a super sport bike and we were just doing our thing in the first half of the year, and, um, actually, uh, Vic Vasola, one of my dad's old crew chiefs, and, um, he also worked with, uh, I think Tom Kipp and Scott Russell and did some world superbike stuff in the past, and he knows a lot, and, uh, he actually, um, had a rider at the beginning of the Stock 1000 season already, but, um, he ended up dropping him, um, and, uh, asked me if I wanted to ride it, so, well, first of all, we had to get, um, points to qualify for stock one thousand even though I was already racing the Mid America series. So I had to go do some club racing like the Wira and ccs rounds and I just first time on the bike I was winning races on it and stuff and it was real comfortable and he was pumped and wanted me to ride it for the rest of the season so and we did and uh if it wasn't for uh um we had a steering dampener problem in Sonoma in the race, I actually qualified fourth at Sonoma, like point zero seven from second. We were all, like, right there in the bunch. And then in the race, I was like sitting in fifth for a while, and then my steering damper was rubbing up against something, and it was, like, turning it down and making it, the bike real upset and hard to ride. Uh, but I finished seventh there. And then in Pittsburgh, I actually got the second, and, um it's just been getting better and better so far. So really pumped on this
1: weekend. So I thought I saw you in some CCS uh, races, uh, results at Blackhawk Farms. Um, did you do that on the R1 that you're racing now? Yeah, I did. So you got you got a little warm up uh, and, and you got to shake some of the bugs out before you actually sh- showed up in a Moto America race with it. Yeah,
4: yeah, it was. Like, I've rode a 1000 before. It was like two years ago. Like, it was a GSXR r 1000 just to play around on a track day. But, uh, yeah, um, I think it was the weekend before that Blackhawks, for uh, that CCS round, I did a weir round in Roebling Road. And that was my first time riding, I mean, my second time riding uh, 1000, the first time in two years. But and uh I got I was super comfortable right away and really happy with it. And yeah, the Blackhawk Farms track was pretty awesome. I had a good time there too.
0: Aaron uh, Yates, I gotta ask you, being the son of Aaron Yates, um, does that add any pressure to you or is that just part of the prestige?
4: Uh, no not really. Um uh not really. My dad also has never really been I mean, he's always wanted me to go out there and, you know, have fun and do my thing. He's always, uh...
0: Just been a cool dad.
4: Yeah, he's always been real cool about it and never put any pressure on me. Just wanted me to go out there and have fun and learn. And, uh, so no, not really. I've, uh, I've always felt real comfortable with it never had any problem with
0: it well you know what's weird is that we have had over the years tony in 15 years we only have had a few legacy guests meaning a father and then a son that follows and uh and i think it's pretty cool that ashton uh has picked up the uh the race spirit as it were from aaron as well uh ashton it's good to talk to you brother uh, we we've we're, we're quickly running out of time but how about a sponsor role who do you want to name
4: uh, yeah, for sure. want to, um, thank Vic Fasola, uh, Vic Fisola Racing and, uh, HJC Helmets to, to keep me looking good and, um, keeping me safe and speedy, uh, and Yates Racing, I guess, is all for now, but...
0: To be fair, I your dad said that him. you're a handsome guy no matter what, so... Yeah. That's just your dad, not us. We... <laughs> We, d- we don't necessarily concur. <laughs> God knows the rest of us in the studio are not. Maybe Tony. Maybe Jesse Guess, But uh, thanks for coming on the hey, show. And maybe Ed. PJ. Well, PJ for sure. But he's former U.S. military. so <laughs> Thanks, guys. Ashton uh, Yates has been our guest. Jason Griffin, prior to that, Michael Locke as well. Coming up, hour number two: Jake Lewis, Nick McFadden. It's going to be an exciting hour number two. We invite you to join us as we continue. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Back after this. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. Starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings. And the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions. And it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or Recreation Riding Big Four Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber.
5: Ricky Carmichael. Kevin
1: Schwartz. This is Josh Tima. This is Kelly Smith.
0: This is Travis LaTroy. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. Yeah, we're number one in the whole company. How about that? It doesn't suck at all. I think it's terrific because we are the only motorized sport type programming that they offer that tells you a little bit about the decision they made. Uh, And it also tells us a little bit about the support that they give us. So thank you, guys, Michael, and everybody at Evergreen. You guys are terrific. This program produced by Jack and Leanne DeLeon. Our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. In studio, P.J. Duran, Uh, Tony Wink, yours truly, Scott Casper. In studio, a very special guest, uh, Jesse Guest from the United States uh, Air Force. Uh, He's going to be flying down to uh, Florida to stand by to be a part of the Bahama uh, rescue effort for the hurricane the bahama uh, mama yeah well, i tell you what those poor folks down in the bahamas they just absolutely got nailed they cannot land a, land a plane in the bahamas right now for for flood relief or hurricane relief because the, the airport's underwater now don't give me global warming or any of that crap. This is just a hurricane. Okay, oh, good. we're
1: going to do politics on the show. It's not. Perfect. No, no,
0: that's not politics. It's just the truth. We just had a big hurricane. Yeah, we did. It's too bad, and, and it's it is too bad. So my heart goes out to those folks, and and I know PJ Duran. Uh, you've seen a lot of devastation in your career, uh, both professionally and personally, and and. and you've seen the images that that are coming across the television on the weather channel et cetera. but uh, were you shocked that it just kind of stayed over the bahama islands
2: nothing surprised me with uh, mother nature and i get, i i second you in the concern for the people there and hopefully uh, it all works out
0: amen and amen to that let's go to tony wink tony the guest in hour number two and by the way if you missed hour number one you missed a terrific interview with the very young ashton yates jason griffin and michael Locke. jason griffin by the way way real joy michael Locke, just a, a ceo for all of us to look up to so our number two guests are tony
1: yeah we're going to talk to a couple real fast road racers nick mcfadden and jake lewis are going to be on and i want to before we get to jake i want something that we and we do have an open segment we can cover but some of the best news i've heard is um <clears throat> the fim is going to uh go to a more simplified procedure for anti-doping testing in supercross and uh they basically the 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 u.s anti-doping agency will do the test but then one if there is a positive result the fim takes over from there because
0: they, they bank what's important to notice is that they bank uh the product that they test for example if it's urine or blood or whatever it is they bank it they don't destroy it that's really important for the process because if you challenge what, uh, for example, if you challenge WADA, chances are they've already let it go. They've already flushed it, got rid of it, burned it. How are they to destroy the evidence? And that's not right. When you have racers out there or fighters or whatever competitors, they need to be able to stand up in court, yeah?
1: Yeah, and, and it would they would never give you a date. They would never give you, if you want to appeal it, there's no clear way how to appeal it. And then once you do figure it out, they uh, they won't tell you you know you're just suspended indefinitely and mm-hmm. it has I'm telling you it's it's it's, it's devastating it's ruined some some serious you know professional factory level racers. Well, our in the studio uh,
0: personality Jesse Guess, who's uh, been on the fence now for what two years because of uh, WADA. Um, you know we we look at you as as a perfect example. Of uh, people that can benefit from the U.S. U.S. Uh, Anti-Doping Agency changeover for for FIM and FIM, by the way, um, I think is not just looked at as a leader. They have to make changes to be positive for the industry, and I think they've been sitting on their thumbs long enough. Well, the, thing
1: is, the, the thing is, is with Jesse, he wasn't he. You know, he he. It was a false reading, I believe. But now <laughs> he's he's full <laughs> juicing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're completely. Like, going mean, the other way
2: well I mean you might as well I run, know. Run, are you? I know run you're the needle off the scale really gro-
1: doing growth hormone uh, <laughs> uh, what else I mean pretty much monster any- energy any- drink anything
6: I can oh yep you sure just- pretty much uh, mainline monster energy right into you yeah, <laughs> yeah. what else are you doing I we
1: were talking about it the other day it's like HGH, H- little human H- growth hormone yeah that's what, well that's we that. That and, sure. uh, sure. sure. yeah. and then you're juicing from a guy named Carl you're getting it down in uh, Biloxi or somewhere yep
6: yep that's really
1: I the didn't
0: realize spot. Carls still in yeah. the business I yeah no you
6: know
1: what I mean Biloxi's somehow.
2: the place to get the juice're yeah. well, really juicing it is, there's right. some there's some pretty uh, serious cattle operations in Iowa that have a have a wealth a wealth of high-powered growth hormones throwing horns now we got we got jake lewis
1: on the show we better uh,
8: before he uh, hangs
1: up on us yeah jake lewis joins us jake how are you
8: All good uh listen to you guys have a heck of a conversation yeah what
1: do you think of that are you juicing you're not juicing
0: are you well jesse in studio is juicing and he's also uh sporting a fresh set of horns
8: No, I'm not juicing uh, trying to stay
2: off that. Staying off the juice. Jake, do you, I mean, in a serious tone, you're a young professional, you're a young gentleman as well, I've known you since you were young, do you have real concerns about this sort of uh, thing? You know, it's, what the FIM's doing, it it pertains a little more uh, directly to Supercross, I think we would say, but I would think it would probably could uh, impact any motorcycle racer in the U.S., right?
8: yeah for sure i mean uh because even nowadays you know american flat track uh i've done a couple rounds of that and they're pretty serious about uh the drug policy as well and uh motor america you know i think i think they do drug testing. i'm not 100 sure on that because i've never been drug tested but i mean definitely gotta stay on top of what you take and uh the supplements you know because you know like super, a couple of the big name supercross guys have been popped for it, doing this stuff and uh Pretty, I mean, pretty scary times. Because you know, if you get popped with that, pretty much lose your job and uh, got to go through a whole process. It sounds like,
2: yeah. And you can't. Uh, it's hard to unring the bell, as they say. If you're falsely accused, it's already been an accusation and a reputation that maybe can't be repaired. I'm sure you've, again, you're you're a professional. There's, but you do have to be cognizant of this, right? My,
1: my favorite, Jake, was when they. Uh, they supposed they te- they fuel tested Ricky Carmichael's fuel and it came back that they he was doping his fuel. And he, uh, I don't know if you, I know, I know you watched the racing, Jake, but I don't know if you remember this. You're pretty young, but Ricky just said, Okay, you think I'm cheating. Gotcha. I'm going to go home then and I'm done. And they're like, Wait a minute. You can't quit. And he's like, Yeah, I'm done. Piss on you. I'm he, literally, that's what he said. Well, piss on you then. I'm done. That's his words exactly. And he just, and they went, Uh, Maybe we were wrong. Maybe maybe we were wrong. Yeah, yes, I, flexing. I, I don't know about that story. Well, I make a lot of stories up, but that one is actually true. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about Jake Lewis's race and strong start to the pit race weekend by uh, you qualified, what, third ahead of both the factory Suzuki's? Um, what kind of things yeah, did man. you and your crew work on during the practice sessions? You found some speed, dude, and it was awesome to see.
8: Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, honestly, it's been one heck of a tough year. Uh, like the first half of the season, you know, we've been struggling. And uh, we made a lot of progress, even at Sonoma the round before. But uh, the first race, you know, I had an unfortunate incident. And then race two, I was in fourth trying to go with the front guys and uh, crash out on my own. But Pittsburgh is, like, a track I always go good at. And uh, the team's made, like, a lot of progress. You know, we've been working really hard on the electronic system that we got this year. It's uh, all new. And th- through the first half of the season, you know, I was struggling bad and uh, really frustrating for myself and my team, you know, because I know I'm a good rider and we know kind of what I'm capable of, but the- just the bike, you know, wasn't really working too too good at all. And uh, we were having a lot of tr- troubles with the bike backing in and uh, not being stable going into the corners. And uh, luckily, you know, at Laguna Seca, uh, a guy that works with the Motec system uh, came over and kind of helped my two guys kind of... In- like, steered him in the right direction, and uh, we made a, lot, a heck of a lot of progress. And like I said, Pittsburgh was really good. Uh, qualified on the front row, which is the first time I've done that all season. And then, heck, race one uh, by turn two, you know, both Josh and I were on the ground a- again together. And it's like, come on, I need some kind of break. And then race two, uh, heck, that was the first time I led, led a superbike race in a really long time and had a really good, you know, good finish, even though it was off the podium in fourth place. I was only
1: Only a second, four. though, man.
8: Yeah, I know. I was only uh, four, four seconds off uh, the leader and Tony, so I mean, there's uh, definitely some big progress, and looking forward to these last two rounds coming
2: up. Yeah, Jake, it was uh, unfortunate. I'm, As we all know, I'm a huge fan of you, have been since your early days, and I was so loving the race. Uh, race one, it didn't last long, but race two, God, that was awesome seeing you out front, and you looked really good out there. You're clearly, uh, a big win is in the in the near future. I think uh, the amount of progress your team has made uh, was really impressive. Uh, which race are you looking forward to the most? Is it just the next one, or is uh... I mean,
8: honestly, yeah, honestly, both of them. Ever since uh, Pittsburgh's ended, you know, it's the weekend off. It's like killing me. It's like, man, I want to go back to the track because, uh, like I said, the first half of the season was so rough, and when you're finishing back where you're not used to finishing, battling with people that you know you're capable of beating it uh makes going to the races not as fun and uh i had a heck of a lot of fun at pittsburgh and it gave me a lot of confidence but I, uh, you know that even these next two tracks are two good tracks for me and uh the bike's dialed in now and i'm ready to go so hopefully we can turn that fourth place into getting on the podium and then fighting for a win you know we we did have a little bit of an issue even in race two with uh the traction control it wasn't working at all in race two at pittsburgh and uh, oh really if, yeah i feel like if it was working you know it helps a lot when the tire goes off so if, if it was working properly and working at all i feel like i could have been on the podium so uh hopefully at jersey we have a, a smooth sailing
1: so jake before the pittsburgh round you did a test at the dunlop facility i saw uh was that just a tire test or were, the, were you working on other things too and, and was there any other moto america riders there
8: uh, it was just myself and um, my two teammates, Bobby Fong and Sean Kelly on the 600s. But uh, we were trying some things. Like, we learned a lot about the electronics at Laguna, like I said, and then uh, finally made some big progress at Sonoma as well. So we spent the first half of the day just finished dialing in our setup in the dry. And uh, then in the afternoon, we spent the whole afternoon in the wet because with, with our new system, we hadn't had any time in the wet. So uh, kind of repairing if you know, if it does rain. Yeah, you know, got... we're the only we're the only team in the in the paddock on the MoTeX system, so that's kind of uh you know, it's a really good system now that we've figured it out. But it took us pretty much half the year to get everything like uh, dialed in to run with the factory boys, but it kinda shows how good it is when I'm on the on the bike I am and pretty much out qualifying and running with the factory boys now is is pretty good.
2: Jake, you said uh, that that came good at Laguna. Was it somebody from the World Superbike Paddock that um, came over with an assist a little bit you were talking about?
8: Yeah, for, for sure. That's exactly what happened. You know, uh, the, it was the data guy from the World Superbike Paddock, and uh, my crew chief, Ben Fox, is really good friends with him, and the guy has a lot of knowledge with MoTeC and kind of just helped him, you know, like a direction to go towards and uh, helped them co- come up with some new electronics tables and uh and, i mean it turned our season around completely and now you see kind of what our team is capable of and what i'm capable of and uh it just got a little bit frustrating that it took took that long to get everything dialed in but now it's uh, a heck of a lot more fun showing up to the races and being competitive and it's kind of what you know my team deserves
1: so the Motex system is what they use in world supers i'm guessing and then um
8: no and- Actually in World Superbike they use the Magn- Magneti Morelli but oh, yeah. uh, British British Superbike, everybody's on the uh, MoTec system. So he he also works with I think it's Taylor McKenzie or Taryn McKenzie on the factory Yamaha team in British Superbike. So uh he helped he helped a lot with just with information that he was giving us. So I mean that's the that's the thing about the, the superbike class, you know, it's all it's you can be a heck of a rider but the the electronics can definitely hold you in the bike back and uh once you get them dialed in, it definitely helps, but it can hurt you. I mean, it kind of hurt us for you know the first five, six rounds.
2: Yeah, there's uh, we're we're well past the era where uh, you know a rider could maybe make up for it. Sure, you can probably on a flying lap, but uh, over a race distance, as you were talking about, Jake, it it helps with everything. Probably not just oh, tire, not just tires. Your energy level, right? It's saving you energy every lap, and if you're not gassed at the end, you're in a better position to win.
8: Oh, for sure. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of people like you know. I was telling them how bad we were struggling with with our system in the first few rounds, and like, can you not just turn it off? But it's not that simple, you know. Uh, you bought the team spent a lot of money on that stuff for a reason, and like I said, I was just having such bad problems. As soon as I would go to the brakes, the the rear wheel would just be locking, like pretty much locked up and dragging on the ground, and uh, especially even even on trying to do one fast lap but you couldn't even do one fast lap like that and i was just off the pace and then over race distance when the bike moving around and backing in like that it definitely takes its toll on you and wears you out and uh i think you know everyone on our team was pretty frustrated with the results and uh how we we were performing because at the end of last year you know i was running up towards the front on the system we had and we were expecting big things this year
1: I know if is a real big word for only two letters, but uh in uh, race two looking back on it, do you think you could have you could have finished on the podium or at least made that gap up to third had you uh had a, a properly working um traction control?
8: Yeah, I mean honestly I fully believe it because uh like at at the beginning, you know, when the when the tire's new and stuff you don't really need the traction control but when it takes the drop and then especially you know, I looked at my pit board and there were still eight laps to go and uh the bike was moving around quite a bit and with no traction control, you know, it doesn't help keep the bike in line. And even from the very beginning, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm the one managing the throttle instead of, uh, kind of the electronics doing their job. So when Josh, you know, both Josh and I were both on the soft tire and we were both sliding around quite a bit, but, uh, I, I could like hear trash control working quite a bit compared to my bike where I was just managing it. So he was just coming off the corner stronger than I was. And I wasn't able to put my, self in a position to pass him on the brakes or anything so i you know i, I feel like i definitely could have took the fight him. you know i still might have finished fourth but i at least might have been able to pass him or at least attempt to you know so it was a, little, a little bit of a bummer there but it was positive leading the race and uh being up front and learning from tony and cameron and
2: josh well you're uh you're due as we all know jake let's talk a little bit briefly about uh Springfield, I saw your name up there, and AFT in general. You've been running a fair number of events this year. Uh, you think that's going to carry on uh, next season as well, or has this kind of this season been a bit of an outlier? I know you've you've grown up flat tracking, and you've you've done flat track um, intermittently throughout even your road racing career. But this year, it really seems like you you and other Moto America riders have been out there a bunch
8: yeah you know actually I only did two of the rounds this year but I mean JD and uh Nick McFadden and a couple of those dudes are doing quite a bit of dirt tracking but uh like you said I grew up dirt tracking and I still really like love it and uh AFT's picking up some steam and p- publicity and there's some guys you know making a living doing it so uh you never know you know it's, it's always good to be able to be fast at both of them but I pretty much paid for all of the two dirt tracks that I did and I unfortunately had bad luck at both of them so I just decided not to do any more but just, you know, in the future if I did have to do that I was, I feel like I could still run up in the front on a, on a competitive bike but uh, that's the main thing if you're running the 450 class you gotta put a lot of money into your bike and I was just riding a stock uh, Suzuki 450 so uh, that's the only reason I only did a couple of them
2: Understood uh, So why, I swear, your name was up on Saturday Did they... Is there pre-registration or something that goes? Or is there another Jay Lewis? Maybe there's another Jay Lewis in the uh, yeah, series?
8: It, yeah. yeah, it's another Jay Lewis. It's well, Johnny there you Lewis. go. I was yeah. completely
2: confused. I, I assumed it was you and it was not. No, no, it was Johnny Lewis. Yeah, he was riding in the,
8: in the AFT Twins class, I think, on an Indian. So, yeah, I've only done – I did Daytona TT, and then I did uh, Springfield TT, but didn't, didn't do too well or have good luck at either of them. And I actually got hurt both – Uh, dirt tracks I did so uh, the team really wasn't happy with that as well so it's just best not to do the dirt track and focus on uh, road racing
1: you know, Johnny Lewis listens to the show. It's JL10. He can and, blame uh, me, and t- he, he can blame he me. And maybe like,
2: why did you? <laughs> how, how did I miss that Well, I was working? It was actually during work hours, and I keep uh, well. Your boss might be listening my, too. So that's all right. <laughs> he, he comes by my computer to see the races. I bought. Oh, okay. I've got every uh, online pass. And, Wait a uh, minute. Your
1: boss goes to work. Uh, well, uh, I don't you don't must know have that gotten he's... a different boss because <laughs> I know the owner doesn't go to work. Yeah. My buddy Bart.
2: He swings by the computer with five got races on um, both ways yeah right (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) yeah jake i tell you what it's it's um are you signed up with m4 suzuki yet or what's going on for next season uh,
8: and as of right now i'm not really sure you know i'd love to be back with the team especially you know being on a competitive bike and now that we have everything figured out but i think everything's up in the air you know uh a lot of a lot of rumors going on around our paddock and what's going to happen, you know, with with the teams and everything. So just kind of a waiting game, and just uh, you know, going out there and doing the best I can these last two rounds, and hopefully, you know, it lands back on the team or find find a you know a, a good a good seat for sure. We'll just see what happens.
1: I'm looking at I your, try not to,
8: you know, I try not to stress about that stuff too much because uh, you know I feel like if you go into the weekend thinking about rides or next season and you're not really focused on just that round, so you know the last round was the first time this year I've been competitive and you no know, back where I need to be. So uh, now I'm just kind of pumped up for these last two rounds and doing that stuff again.
1: I'm on your Instagram and I'm looking at it. Um, you got this RM250 two-stroke. Oh yeah. What? Uh, how'd you? What'd you do on the on the plastic? How did you do that? Is that an upgrade you can buy, or, or what is that? Because that's that looks more uh, like the RMZ. It's
8: top secret. I can't tell you. Come on. No, I, actually, I just bought... Uh, it's, it's a... Mo- the, you know, the forks are uh, newer model forks. And mm-hmm. there's a, a, a... I bought that bike from somebody. So it's a custom aluminum tank. and
1: Oh, really? So,
8: yeah. So it has like the the modern day 450 shrouds and everything. So... Yeah. I'm a big dirt bike guy. You know, I actually just bought a piece of property about 12 acres here in Owensboro, Kentucky. Moved out to the country. You know, I was, grew up in the country and it's nice to... Be back, and I'm gonna build a track out at my house, and kind of get back to rotting in the front yard like I did back in the day.
2: That's Sweet. what everybody does in in Owensboro in the OWB. That is awesome. Uh, so clearly, you're 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 laying your roots, Jake. That's gonna be your home for a long time if you're buying property. Um, that, that's cool, and congratulations. That's a big deal.
8: Yeah, thank you, man. It's uh, like I. You know, I moved to Owensboro once I graduated high school, and it's just a—it's a good town. And there's uh, quite a few of us racers here, so it's just nice to have a place you know you can call home now. And uh, I'm fortunate—I found a piece of property that I like. It comes—you know—came with a nice shop, and it's gonna do do kind of what I want, and have some fun at at this place.
1: Are See, you living in living in the shop, or is there a house too?
8: Yeah, it's a house too, so it's like you know in Kentucky, it's called a pole barn home, so it's like a house and a uh, shop combined. So it's a pretty nice little setup, uh, actually. Garrett Gerloff, he drove from Texas. He's here at my house right now, and uh, we're gonna drive up together to to New Jersey to, tomorrow. We're leaving at five a.m.
2: Nice. Wow, you guys flip uh, flip a coin for uh, who gets to drive the the, the long leg.
8: Uh, he's got first in he already called it he wants to leave that i really need a coffee drinker so i said you got it big boy
1: <laughs> well tell him we said hi and uh congratulations on your uh your you're on fire right now and it's cool to watch it's it's fun to be a jake lewis fan right now
2: yeah i appreciate it hopefully hope for a good weekend
1: yeah i think you're gonna i i feel good about it
2: we got good we got we got high hopes for you jake you're uh you always come out on top when the, when it matters it seems
8: that's the plan for this weekend. Hope you'll we'll see me on the
2: podium. All right, sounds good. I want to thank
1: uh, Jake Lewis for a great conversation. I also want to thank Racetech, the science of suspension, for nearly 30 years. Racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. You can visit their website at racetech.com. Jack, take us to break. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike
6: Champion. And you're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
1: Hey everybody,
0: it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-store model for racing or recreation riding Big Four Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's (laughs) V-Rubber!
5: With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's X.com, Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days
0: it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden Race Tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks You, too, can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
5: 1460. KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hickland Power Sports & Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads. All at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain. And RevZilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long-sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous.
1: Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946.
6: Hey, this is Ryan Dungy, and you're listening to Pit Pass
4: Radio.
1: We're talking off air about uh, WADA some more and uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency. And it sounds like they are on their way out with motocross, at least, and supercross, uh, which I think is a big, real big deal. And if you're just joining us, um, I can can kind of... uh, Recap that the the board, the FIM board, has approved a new simplified and speedy procedure for anti-doping tests for the AMA Supercross. I'm reading from Cycle News right now. An FIM World Championship. The sample collection analysis will be carried out by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, USADA. Uh, the FIM will be responsible for the re- here's the thing the FIM will be responsible for the rest of the procedure in case of a positive result so what happens is is you've got a, a you know a Brock Tickle who is a factory Red Bull KTM rider James Stewart who is the fastest man on the planet and uh, Christian K- Craig who is with Geico Honda that these guys were so now they've been put out to pasture right James is never coming back brock nope, tickle ship is silk he don't even i don't i mean i'm sure he still rides and he's probably still faster than we've you know we'd ever imagine being uh he did look like he gained a little weight but maybe it's just the dreads he's rolling now uh but he's got kids he's a dad you know he's moved on from the sport but it, it uh you know i mean the guy just completely he was he was so many people's favorite he was the he's james stewart he's He's bigger than Tiger Woods. He's bigger than you know what I mean. He's he's bigger than Michael Jordan. He's he bigger was than, huge. He's a big big deal in motorcycle racing, and he's gone. And it's and I truly believe it's because of that. And he just said, you know what, I'm done. And uh, you know Brock Tickle, we see him. He's still he's still working with the teams and, and still doing stuff. And and uh, you know I don't know about Christian Craig if he's going to be, you know if he'll, he'll be back. But um, you know it's too bad. And I I I, I really think. Um, it's a big deal for our sport, you know. I think the I think uh, Wada sucks, and I think they need to be. I think they need to be put out to pasture. So, um,
2: what do we? Uh, what do you got, PJ? I was going to say, it looks like we got our guest. Oh, we have a guest. It looks like we got our guest. Oh,
1: Nick McFadden's going to join us. Nick McFadden is uh, returned for a second year in the Moto America Super Sport Series, but on a new team for '19. He is on Ridiculous Racing and uh, currently in eighth place in the Supersports Series, and he joins us now. Nick, what's up, man? How are you?
6: Pretty good. Just got home from uh, Springfield last night. Just got geared uh, back up, did some laundry, and uh, Garrett Gerloff and Jake Lewis and myself are about to hit the road and head up to New Jersey for the Moto America this weekend.
1: You know, we just had Jake on, and uh, he said Garrett was with him, but he didn't mention you at all. Are you sure they're going to take you?
2: They're leaving at five, so. so if they told you six, <laughs> then, uh, the, the, fat, you
6: know so hopefully, hopefully they're taking me.
2: <laughs> How'd Springfield go for you, Nick?
6: Uh, you know, it wasn't as good as we were planning. and I got a Kawasaki 650 last week at Twin, so it was my first weekend on it, but, uh, I did some short track riding at JD Beach's house last week and felt super good on the bike, and, uh. You know, we were making progress every session there. We were getting uh, further up in the time sheets, and then whenever the heats and semis came around, I knew if I uh, got comfortable on the bike and practicing qualifying that I could race my way into the main. And I, I was in fifth in the semi, and they take eighth to the main, so I was feeling good. And then a red flag came out, actually, and uh, the starter on the twin actually broke on Saturday, so oh. I ended up making a restart. And uh, we were feeling good. We were going to be in the main event for sure. And then on we had a rain delay for uh, Sunday. So then we went out Monday and then blew up the first lap of qualifying. So it wasn't a good weekend at all. Perfect. Honestly. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. – <clears throat> it was uh, kind of weird. Uh, I, so I, I was at Springfield also. And uh, I was in my hotel and I heard a little thunder is all – but apparently I slept pretty heavy because they said there was like four inches of rain and the track was like literally underwater in the morning.
6: Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, there wasn't much rain in the forecast and then all of a sudden it popped up there for a couple hours on on Saturday night, Sunday morning and they ended up getting four or five inches which completely destroyed the track and they didn't want to get on it just because it was so muddy. So, you know, it's just one of those weekends that, that seems to be always rain there, kind of like New Jersey. And it's always like a guarantee that it's going to rain uh, at least one day out of the three that we're racing there.
2: Yeah, what is the forecast? I haven't looked at the forecast, but uh, it's exactly hurricane season, which tends to work its way up the, the East Coast. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah, right now it's looking like rain on Friday and good for uh, Saturday and Sunday, but you never know. We're still a couple days out, so that could change. But uh, the storms speed slowing down so it may arrive a day later so you never know but i'm a flight track guy so you know the rain plays into my favor a little bit so i'm kind of hoping it does slow down and maybe rain on saturday or sunday while we're up there
1: you'd prefer a wet race
6: yeah right now would for sure i mean i'm getting more and more comfortable on the ridiculous racing r6 every week we're getting a little closer to the front i've been uh hanging on with those guys for the first half of the race the last couple of weekends. But right now I feel like I'm a little stronger in the wet. So, and we haven't had a wet race in quite a while. So I'd, uh, I'd like to have one this weekend for sure.
2: Yeah. There's a couple other, uh, flat track, uh, vets out there in your class as well, but I would uh, tend to agree with you, Nick. I think a wet race might favor you, and uh, certainly it is it is what the region's known for this time of year. Uh, this race historically does seem to get wet. But uh, how has, I mean, the team really, ridiculous racing has just come on strong uh, over the past season, season and a half. Uh, what What's changing? I mean, is it just you guys all gelling together, or has there been an infusion of, uh dollars or talent talent usually are the are the answers to a team uh moving in the right direction
6: yeah it's a, it's a little bit of both uh everyone seems to be working together really really well right now we had a couple kinks to work out but adam and josh the owners of the team they put so much into it and and uh they've been investing in us all year uh been giving us everything that we need to succeed and, and it's showing we're getting stronger and stronger every weekend uh just working with Ken Hill on my riding they let me come out there during the schools and work with him and then anything we need on the bike they don't hesitate they just get it for us and uh whatever they think or whatever we ask for from them that we need to go faster or get closer to the front they give it to us so it's just an awesome atmosphere to to be in and uh they're helping us out quite a bit, giving us everything we need to get the job done.
1: And I assume you're paid mileage when you when you're riding with uh, Jake and Garrett. You uh, they they pay you what sixty cents a mile, and then also all the uh, egg McMuffins that you can eat from the per diem. From yeah. si- the per diem is all the egg McMuffins you can eat from six to ten thirty when they switch to uh, lunch. I assume.
6: Yes. That'd be nice. I, I usually get stuck with the whole driving shift, no pay. I'm I usually fill up all the gas tanks and then uh right before we get there I'm like, Hey, you care to you care to bring us on in the last
1: hour or so and then
6: by that time I'm tired so I'll get a little nap in before we get there if we're gonna do something then they always seem to get it get a uh, selfie and throw it up online and I, I look like the bad guy.
1: So You know what though, Nick, the the thing is 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 uh if you pump and pay for all the fuel it's for for Jake and for Garrett. It's a lot better for them. It'll not only does it save them money, but it saves them energy. So they'll have they'll have more time to uh, put up those selfies and make you look like the jerk that's sleeping while they did all the driving. So it's uh you know it's a it's it's handy for them.
6: Yeah, no kidding. We're gonna have to see about reversing those roles tomorrow, though, because it's a long trip up to New Jersey, and we're leaving at four or five in the morning. So. uh I'm going to take the the shift on the couch there for a while, at least the first half of the day.
2: You, get the, you guys got a race van going up there, or are you taking somebody's truck?
6: Yeah, uh, Garrett and Jake both have vans, but I think we're taking Garrett's Brenner uh, van up there, so he's got a couch in the back and two seats up in the front. We got a little movie player in there, so it shouldn't be too bad.
2: That doesn't sound like a bad way to travel, Tony. You got one of those fancy rigs too, don't you?
1: I got a, I got a, thanks to Jesse's brother, uh, pile of junk Mercedes Sprinter van as well. Uh, every time you uh, go brakes, $1,000. Oil change, $1,000. Um, headlight, uh, bulb burned out, $1,000. It's uh, it's awesome owning a,
2: a really, Sprinter van. Really big, expensive van.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it drives like a, I have a Chevy van that I love to drive. But the Mercedes is pretty handy. You can haul. I can haul five dirt bikes, and it's got the wall. It's got the cabinets in the back, and uh, you can hang your helmets. It's got a broom in there, the whole bit, Nick. And then in the front, I have an RV couch that folds out into a full bed, and a thirty-two inch TV that's mounted on the on the uh, above the above the giant windshield, so you can actually. In the passenger seat or the driver's seat, if you're if you're brave enough, you can kick your seat back a little bit and watch TV while you're going down the road. Which is a bad idea. It is a bad idea, <laughs> but uh, it's the first van that I've actually spent real money on, and it's sweet. It's uh, so if they got a little couch, you need to tell them to upgrade. I got the full bed. You can lay down. You can you can wake up more rested than when you left.
2: Are you having to haul bikes too, Nick, or is this uh, just the boys in the race uh-huh. van?
6: No, I think uh, we're, we're going to stop back in here and grab uh, one of my bikes on the way back to Garrett's house on Monday, but I think he's selling some merchandise this weekend at the races. He's got a bunch of t-shirts and stuff, so if any fans are wanting the Bonnie 31 swag, I think he's going to have some of that. So I think most of the bike's full of uh, t-shirts and whatever else he has, maybe some hats and then all of our uh, stuff, but yeah, the van's definitely the way to travel, I'm Maybe if I can win a race or two, I'll have enough money to get me one. But it's kind of hard driving around town trying to pick up chicks in a big sprinter van.
1: (laughs) I disagree.
2: It's just just a different kind of chick. You got to hang out at more like the state fairs of the country. That's where they really get into sprinter vans.
1: Yes. That is. It's a state uh, fair crowd. The state fair
2: girls are all about them. If you get a mini donut maker in it. Ooh.
6: If you, if you can go win the race at the motocross race at the state fair, then they might get in the van. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe
2: that is the trick. Maybe that maybe that's the trick. How, on, many, how many more uh, AFT events are you gonna if you gonna be able to pull any more this season, or uh, <laughs> is it road racing from here out?
6: Uh, I got road racing this weekend, and then the barber finale is in two and a half weeks. But. Uh, Besides that, I think I'm going to try to hit Meadowlands Mile, the last race of the season, the weekend after Barber. Uh, I got my engine out of the twin today to get sent off to get rebuilt, and then I got to get a couple upgrades on my 450, but we should be good to go. Uh, I'm going to be on the road for the next two and a half weeks, so I got somebody here that's, that's helped me out work on the bikes, and we should, uh, should be ready to go for the end of the season there.
2: So you run both the AFT singles. And then you're also running the production twins. Is that right?
6: Yeah, that's correct. I just got a production twin last week, actually. So Springfield was my first time on the twin and the first time on a mile since 2014. So that was a little bit of an eye-opener, but it didn't take me too long to get back up to speed with those guys.
1: Nick, we had Michael Locke on, the CEO of AFT, earlier in this program and a super good guy. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the 16-rider program the 16 team program uh where they buy in i don't know if you're familiar with it but they uh, they'll buy in is the idea and uh, they can buy an a level b level or c level depending on how much promotion you want to buy through aft and their commercials and that kind of thing uh and i know t- people are uh, been very vocal about you know how is it going to work it's not going to work um you know they said that about and michael made a good point they, they said that about everybody's going to ride a twin no
2: matter what track it is or a single or a single. when they yeah. introduce singles the same people said the same things this yeah. will never work
1: yeah dtx bikes will never work you know we've heard this and and you still hear it from the old timers but what are your thoughts on it nick do you do you, do you see that being a a, a route that that uh, will be successful for aft you
6: know i'm I don't want to lean one way or the other just because the same thing you just said, people said that twins aren't going to work or wearing leathers at every single round is stupid. They, everyone has an opinion, you know, but I think it's good. They're basing the series off some other professional series that are successful. Which ones are those? They're like F1 I think has a, a set number of drivers. It's like 22 or something. And uh, it's the same guys every single week, but for uh, some of the smaller guys, that say like Davis Fisher, that's running his own program versus Jared Mees, I'd say it's going to be a little harder for him to come up with the money to uh, pay for the for mere entry at the beginning of the season. I think it's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of money to come off of early in the early in the year. So you know, it benefits some people and not so much the others. But I guess it's going to work out how it's supposed to, and uh, I'm sure that. He's Michael Ox, a smart guy, and and he's doing what's right for the series, and it's been going up and improving every year. So we'll see what happens.
1: Do you, I I agree that he's a smart guy.
2: He absolutely <laughs> is, and you can't you can't argue that. Nick, do you get to do you see? Um, I think you. We talked to Jake earlier. JD uh, Hayden Gillum. There's a few other riders out there. Respoli's been out there a, as. Moto America um, racers that are having the opportunity, uh, if you desire, to go out and flat track. You think that's going to continue to be a thing? I mean, uh, we're not talking just a couple guys. There's a fair number of you guys that have, when when possible, taken advantage of some AFT rounds. Do you think you're going to keep doing that going forward?
3: Uh, I don't know about
6: those guys. I know Roger, he's looking at doing quite a bit more AFC maybe next season if uh, he has the right opportunity. But I know myself, that's why I got two bikes now is to dabble back into it. You know, the series is doing really well right now, and that seems like uh, there's a good future in it. So, uh, like I said, I don't know what what their plans are, but I definitely have uh, plans to do some more American flat track in the future and quite a few more rounds next season.
2: And I, I think it's a great, a great way for both series to take advantage of uh, you know racers' popularity in the opposing series, and certainly is what racers have done historically. And, and it really feels like you know it's it's bringing some of the American race road racing and and dirt tracking spirit back into things. Uh, do you find it's? I mean, it's got to be helpful as a training tool if nothing else, right?
6: Yeah, no doubt. We like to tr- like uh there's four or five of us around here that train together every single day and we like to do cross training. We'll do motocross, flat track, road race and uh there's all there's situations every single weekend whether you're riding one or the other that they all benefit from each other. So I think the more you ride, the better the better you are no matter what you're going to be racing that weekend.
2: Amen, brother. Yeah, it works out that way. Um, are you? Are you? Is ridiculous bringing you back next year? Has that been decided yet?
6: Yeah, you know we were supposed to uh, talk a couple weeks ago, but we haven't yet. And uh, I think we're just kind of focusing on on the last couple rounds here. And I know my teammate Hayden Gillum is in a championship battle right now, so they're focusing on that and uh, that looks like it's going to go down to the wire at Barber. So, you know, right now we're just focusing on doing the best we can here at the end of the season, and then uh, we'll figure things out after Barber and, and see what the future holds.
2: Sounds like they're dodging you. I don't know. And, and does Ridiculous have uh, <laughs> some I- involvement in your flat track, or is that 100% your own program?
6: Uh, you know, like mostly it's my my own program. They help me out. Like, I'll go and ride with those guys, and they have a dirt track set up now out in California. So uh, they'll help me on my riding out there. But mostly the funding and stuff is coming from myself right now. And my dad has been helping me out quite
2: a bit as well. Sweet. So that's a lot to take on. Well, man,
1: hey, it's, it's been fun having you on. And uh, tell Jake and uh Garrett to do their share of driving. Jake said that Garrett's a coffee drinker so he's going to get up early and take the first shift so you can just uh maybe you could sleep in the van tonight. Then you don't even have to wake up. Get your blanket and your teddy bear in there and just be packed and ready to go. Hey,
6: that sounds like a heck of a plan. I'll get my I'll get my baby uh baby bear tucked in back there with me and get my blanket all set up tonight so nobody can take my spot for the first couple hours tomorrow.
1: Do you really have a baby bear that you sleep with?
6: No, I don't. But um, I might go and try and get one now that you said
2: that. Yeah. State fair. We're back to the state fair. <laughs> Readily available yeah. at any state fair across the United States. <laughs> Actually, truck stops. You
1: can find them at truck stops. I, uh, Dylan, coming home from, uh, from Springfield, he got two, I don't know what they look like, some hideous-looking bear things uh, for his kids. So, yeah, it's doable. All right, Jack, take us to break. Nick, it's been fun having you on, okay? Good luck.
6: All right, cool. Thanks. Uh, good talking with you.
1: All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back on the other side. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. There's more.
6: Hey, it's Ryan Seif. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio
5: with the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces it must breathe well be lightweight and protective yet still durable fly racing created its evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements evolution 2.0 features the industry's first boa closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort smooth even closure no pressure points and simple one-handed adjustment add to that the evolution 2.0 pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance
0: products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals WiseCo
1: America's motor racing talk show Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO
5: Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance Enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports & Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves. And boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and
3: carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this
6: is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit
2: Pass Radio.
1: Alright, thanks, uh, R.C. I, uh, I plan on racing the R.C. Daytona Amateur, Ricky Carmichael's, whatever they're calling it down there, it's like the day after the Supercross in Daytona, I'm going to race the amateur race in the old man class, I
2: think. That'd be be cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to... You should take your flat tracker down there and do their amateur deal, too. No.
1: No. (laughs) No, I have no... Did you know I raced... Uh, TT the other day. I actually heard
2: that from people at work. They said you were the fastest guy out there on two wheels. Well, there wasn't much competition there. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of farm boys and uh, and some motocrossers. Local boy Corduroy. Don't ever let them get. Don't let. Don't let him fool you. Local I did. I didn't let them fool me. <laughs> you they, uh, they, you they, were local boy Corduroy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I rode Billy's Billy Mallory's uh, KTM 450. Was, oh, that was, thing's a beast. It is actually. It was Matt Burton's. It's a bit weak on the suspension. I for was, you yeah yeah oh yeah and i was I, it was matt burton's race bike in 2010 12 9 whatever whenever he was national number 39 and um, um, on the uh, the so on the on the jumps it was a tt right on the jumps i would i would wheelie into him and i would manual into him like a like a bmx bike and to to because the head
2: shake was just keep the front wheel off the ground then it can't give you a head shake
1: correct the <laughs> death wobble was like I'm right a, after the jump yes i'm gonna <laughs> wheel it, and i've seen it many times not end well and and those guys had way more talent than i have so uh i decided i but it, it was still fun i won it crank was, you crank up the preload that's
2: all you can really do
1: i didn't do anything in fact <laughs> i didn't even ride it i killed it actually on the start i did a practice start rolling up to the heat race and i killed it and i went oh i have to rev this thing way higher and uh, it was a carbureted bike which is
2: that's awesome. Billy know. has what that one. He has an old. He has the 450 uh, Yamaha that won like the 9 uh, X Games. He does he, absolutely. He sponsored that and got the bike after it won. I mean, some really famous guy won the 9 X Games. Look at Supermoto or something. Uh, Billy's got that bike. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of bikes. Good ones too, really yeah. cool ones. And you had your Honda there, I'm sure, just in case uh, Billy hadn't come through or no. Well, here's the funny
1: story. I was just going to race it because there was some farm boys on Nobbies, and they were they were definitely at a disadvantage in some. But then the track was such a turd that it didn't matter. Nobbies so, weren't
2: maybe a disadvantage. It,
1: yeah, for sure. I would have been faster on my my bike probably. So I decided I was going to race this. I race this. It's at Stewart Speedway, super redneck. I did this when I was a kid. I raced there. We 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 raced there on like. Wednesday nights or something. Broke my knee there actually. Got to ride my first ambulance ride. It was pretty neat. I first them,
2: ambulance ride. The looked, one you remember.
1: It looked like uh the, the remember the Ghostbusters, the ambulance? That's what it was. And the and the medics were super cool and I'm like, Can we run the lights? And then of they were course. like they're like, We need to get you and I go, No, can we wait till the A Riders or let's watch the A class and then we'll go. Let's just wait and then it was like towards the end of the race, I'm like, let's just wait till it's over. We'll just watch. So I watched from the ambulance, they kicked the <laughs> side door open. Give me
2: another hot dog.
1: Yeah, I was I was like ten, and uh, so anyway, and then I said, "Can we run the lights?" So they ran the lights. That was super cool, but no ambulance rides this time. Uh, but I decided I was just going to go race that on my four fifty motocrosser, and I text a couple of guys. Text um, my my uh, buddy Manley. and I said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to be racing." He's like, "Well, you got the bike for it?" And I said, "What are you talking? What do you what do you mean?" And he's talking about your flat track bike that I bought off you. Yeah. I forgot I had it.
2: Uh, that's awesome. There's a steel shoe sitting with it. I left the shoe with it.
1: Oh, I do. I no, you've got the, sh- the shoe back.
2: Okay. Well, you took I the need shoe to back. Get, I need to get you the shoe then so you can have a full match set of no, stuff it was you forget a, about.
1: It was a, exactly. <laughs> so now you took you took this this the shoe back, but it was it was uh so I'm like, oh crap, I do have a bike. And then I text Billy, and he said he calls me, and he says, why don't you ride my bike? And I went, well, that sounds way cooler looking anyway. So I got on the bike. Yeah. It was super fun, but uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. Uh,
2: well, you were talking about that Stuart race, and we have involvement. Hicklin Power Sports actually has involvement there. Uh, they're doing some form of, I think, support class uh, side-by-side deal it is- I've seen videos
1: of. Yeah, it was the Hicklin Power Sports Night actually. Bart and Kelly showed up. Bart awesome. Hicklin, yeah, yeah, he showed up and, and uh, hung out in my my said Junk Sprinter van. Um, but it was uh, it was pretty cool actually. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, it uh,
2: good turnout there. Is it a, is it a well attended event? It's I mean, okay. It's county level stuff, right?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: It's it's okay.
1: Uh, so, Moto America is coming up this weekend. New Jersey, is that this weekend? New
2: Jersey this weekend, yes. That's why those racers we were talking to, of like two of them, uh, two of the three in the van we talked to are leaving out of Owensboro, the OWB, to head up there uh, to New Jersey. Soon to be followed two and a half weeks from now by the uh, Moto America season finale at, uh, at Barber Motorsports.
1: Yep, and uh, it's uh, hard to believe that You know, like, it's fall, and it's hard to believe that the road racing season is over. You know, motocross has been over for a couple weeks. Uh, We're already talking about Monster Cup
2: coming up in Vegas. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right around the corner, isn't it? We've still got a fair bit of MotoGP happening. A little bit of World Super World Superbike has like four events left. MotoGP they go deeper than anybody in the into the calendar. They've got uh, everybody seven events left.
1: Yeah, the Silverstone British GP was just took place. Was that,
2: it's a couple weeks? Yeah, out. that's been that's been a week and a half ago. That was. Uh, Yes, August twenty third, twenty five. Alex Renz pulls the shocker uh, over Mark Marquez. What a result! The guy is coming on strong. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this next race uh, in Italy. Um,
1: What's the story behind that? He literally straight up beat him, or yeah,
2: oh yeah, no, it was a race to the line. Marquez uh, made moves. It was a beautiful race. Rins, all the racecraft a man could ask for, and then some. He's coming into his own is what's happening and cool the more guys that give cool. that give marquez uh, fits the, the more chance that we're going to see something less than or something other than a one-sided walk away it's still marquez's season and and he's earned it He by all rights he has earned the season but it's good to see somebody else really put their hat in there and uh stick it to him every once in a while
1: you know i i think it's uh, it's incredible to watch marquez ride and you know we we when he started dragging his elbows and, you know, just stuff like stuff we just hadn't seen often, every single lap. And Marquez
2: does it on his warm up laps right. when it's cold out right. without tire warmers. <laughs> the guy is at n- another level. He, he is, has taken everybody in the sport with him. Uh, if you want to race, you have to be able to do what he does.
1: And that's what I think. It's it's like the Bubba Scrub, you know, James Stewart. He changed the sport forever. And uh, the way people ride dirt bikes is, is a completely different thing. And you see kids doing it now. It's just it's it, the way the riders elevate each other is is, is really fun to watch. So, all right, uh, I want to thank all of our guests, including Michael Locke, the CEO of AFT, Jason Griffin, the one-armed bandit. I don't know if he likes being called that, but he is uh, a very fast uh, flat track racer. Also, thanks to road racers Ashton Yates, Jake Lewis, and Nick McFadden. I'm Tony Wink with Jesse Guest, Scott Kasper, PJ Dorn. Big thanks to Tommy Boy Halverson, Jack DeLeon, Leanne DeLeon, and Ed Camp. This has been Pit Pass. We appreciate you listening. That's our show for this week. We'll talk to you next week. So long.
3: May I have your attention, please? Excuse me.
2: Are you listening to me?
3: Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited.
9: valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos!